Hey everyone, Clay here. Just wanted to let you know that the first issue of Beyond the White Knight, the newest chapter of Sean's Batman White Knight saga, is on sale now at your local comic book store. So grab yourself a copy and enjoy the first episode of Badass Beyond. Welcome back to the Bat-Ass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series Show podcast, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. But today is the inaugural episode of Badass Beyond. And we're in person. And we are in person uh, for the first time in a bit. My name is Clay McCormick, and with me as always is Sean Murphy. How are you doing, Sean? Do you know what airplane boner is? All right. (laughs) (laughs) So I was telling my wife about this on a trip to Vegas once. Uh And uh, I told her that uh, a lot of men, when they get on a plane with the air pressure, cabin pressure changing as the plane goes up, a Mm -hmm. lot of men get uh, unintentional erections. Interesting. (laughs) And she was like, you're full of it. That's that's stupid. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can convince her of this because women are mystified by... (laughs) <laughs> the male penises and i was like no i'm serious like see that mystified guy mystified or just not really interested both yeah. yeah so i go look at that guy over there he has his tray table down she goes what does that mean and i go well a lot of guys when they get this they are embarrassed so they put their um tray tables over their laps to hide you know whatever and uh she's not believing me and i'm like i'm telling you this is a thing and not every man get it but airplane boner is actually a phenomenon and i had her hook line and sinker and I should have just let her live the rest of her life thinking that was true. <laughs> uh, everything I just said is a lie. But the point of me telling the story is I'm pleading with all of our readers, try this. Tell women they will, if you sell it correctly, they'll probably believe you. Even men, like if you wrap it in enough science with air pressure and flights and all that stuff, like you could probably convince your male friends that it's true as well. Yeah. My goal is to have this come back at me at some point mm-hmm. where someone tells me about airplane <laughs> boner. I'm like, oh, really? Okay, yeah, heard that one. <laughs> well, if you're wondering how this show is going to be different from the regular show, Badass Beyond is actually now about uh, how best to lie to the people you love and women in general. So off to a good start. Uh, no, but we will be talking about uh, Batman Beyond, the series that followed Batman the Inmade series and the new adventures of old Batman or whatever it's called well said um we'll be covering the first two episodes of batman beyond which are the pilot which are collectively titled as rebirth story of the uh the first half story by alan burnett teleplay by alan burnett and paul dini second half story by alan burnett teleplay by stan berkowitz 
in 2019. 2019. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, man. We didn't have a Back to the Future party I know. type event. In 2019, Bruce Wayne, the original Batman, retires due to failing health when his rescue of a kidnapped woman nearly goes wrong and he must resort to almost using a gun, the ultimate sin in his eyes. 20 years later, in 2039, Terrence Terry McGinnis discovers Batman's identity after the aging Bruce Wayne helps him fight off a gang of Jokers with a Z, street punks enamored by the original clown prince of crime. After Terry's father is murdered, Terry seeks Bruce's help to avenge him. Terry steals the bat suit to pursue his father's killer, a professional bodyguard named Mr. Fix. That was George Takai doing that voice? You know, I kind of thought it might be, but wow. it didn't quite sound like him. The one time he was hired to not sound like George Takai, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah, he was a little bit um, less uh, lispy. Yeah, he didn't have the oh my. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, that's what I that's what I should have said. <laughs> uh, Mr. Fixit, whose employer Derek Powers, <clears throat> the current CEO of Wayne Powers, is secretly using the company's resources to develop a biological weapon. Bruce Wayne, discovering the theft, deactivates the suit. But when seeing the now helpless Terry being punched out, re- sorry, when he sees the now helpless Terry being punched out, reactivates it so he can continue pursuing Fix. And in the end, Wayne appears at Terry's house to hire him as a, quote, special assistant. Mm. Um, So, yeah, Batman Beyond came out in 1999, if you couldn't tell from the opening credits, which is simultaneously futuristic and also incredibly (laughs) dated at this point. Yeah. Um, They were high on, uh, let's just make it look like the Matrix. Kids like the Matrix. Yeah, it's a little bit of Matrix. It's got a lot of techno in there yeah but like techno techno hard pseudo metal too yeah i remember a soundtrack for this coming out with a bunch of bands that i did not care about oh really my um i mean my consistent gripe for this entire season series is actually going to be complaining about the music every single episode because it's my (laughs) least favorite part of this whole thing yeah it's i it didn't really bother me too much throughout the episode until that last scene yeah. Where it just kind of turns into yeah. a Saturday morning yeah. cartoon kind when, of thing. When music, bah, bah, when they turn bah, the bah, bah, music bah. up and it's meant to tell you how to feel before anyone started acting or giving yeah. dialogue, it's like, all right, come on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what, yeah, what's your, what's your history with this show? Did you watch it when it first came out? Did you like it as a concept when it was announced? Good question. Um, I was, what year was this? Sorry. 99. So I was um, in college, freshman at MassArt. Um, I didn't have TV. Uh, I was going through that phase of I'm going to try to live my life without TV. Yeah. Plus, you know, I didn't have any extra money, so I couldn't afford it, and neither could my roommate. So mm-hmm. um, I remember going to the WB store a lot to buy stuff because that was right. awesome. Where you got your sweet jacket that I've yeah. never seen. You've never seen it? You've never seen it? No. Oh, I've got to show it to you. You're here. I may as well show you. <laughs> I want it's, you to wear it to a show. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll wear it to um, the, the Boston show in April. Okay, good. Yeah. And I'll wear my uh, Deathstroke uh, jumpsuit. Yes. We'll, we'll see who people want to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> hanging, out, hanging out of the bar in a <laughs> jean Superman jacket and a Deathstroke workout hoodie. Um, yeah. A couple so, of adults. Yeah. I'm sure I uh, caught an episode here and there, but it wasn't enough to really pull me in. I remember sort of not being interested in the idea when mm-hmm. it first came out. The way they animated Bruce, just the way they made his chin kind of lumpy and weird and the eyes were jaundiced and yellow. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't know if this is my thing. 
But I was so busy doing other stuff that it just, you know, I didn't pay attention to it. I think the first real um, experience I had with it where I liked it was the um, Return of the Joker series because they had a flashback with old school Batman in it. Um, And I'm actually, um, I'm not as familiar with this series as I am with the original stuff, but I did go back and rewatch all this stuff two or three times in the last five years just to get ready for my book. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and that's the other thing too. Is I'm working on. You're helping me uh, put out uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight mm-hmm. um, while this is happening. So timing is really fortuitous. Yeah, that'll be fun to to talk about that as much as as much as we can. Obviously. <laughs> what about your interactions? Uh, how did you come across this? I hated this idea <clears throat> when they first announced this, and it was basically, <clears throat> excuse me, basically just because I loved the animated series so much. Yeah. That when they announced they were doing this Batman Beyond thing, it meant that obviously the animated series was over and they were changing the approach. And I was just not open to to the new idea at the time because you know you 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 like Batman for the Batman stuff, and they're doing like, what if it's Batman, but none of the stuff that you know about Batman? Yeah. Okay. Well, why are we doing this? Um, I watched it a little bit. I think I probably watched. A handful of the first season and maybe a couple episodes here and there, but yeah. I never watched it as as much as I watched the animated series. Yeah, um, and it was only later. I actually still. This is going to be fun for me because I I don't think I've seen the majority of these episodes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it was only later that I came back to it and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. And Batman in Return of the Joker was a big part of that because when that came out, it was kind of. Like, oh, no, this is, they're kind of taking this seriously and yeah. it's really intense. It's kind of that when you're creating stuff, it's tricky because we say that we want, give me something new with Batman, give right. me something different. Right. But when they do it, we're like, ugh, this isn't my Batman. Right. Um, but I think having some distance from it and realizing that this, this show had a huge cult following, and I'm like, well, these fans can't be crazy. Like, there's got to be something here. Mm-hmm. And then when it was pitched to me, like, it's basically what if Spider-Man was just starting out and Batman was helping him learn the ropes. And right. I thought, like, well, that's pretty solid, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there was a lot of, um, um, well, I tried to look this up, but I didn't find any evidence of this show being heavily based on Spider-Man. And not oh, really? Spider-Man okay. 299, but, like, <clears throat> Terry's parents, his dad's killed. He sort of, he feels like it was his fault. Sure. Um, a lot of the villains sort of line up with a lot of the, the rogues gallery of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like Ink is like Sandman and Bobby I, Powers I is kind of like Norman Osborn. Yeah, 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 even like the bullies at school. Uh, in the way that Terry is too, he's very jokey and he talks a lot while he's fighting, which mm-hmm. is something Batman does not do. Yeah, yeah. He, Terry's uh, Terry's an interesting character though because I, I, I don't know, I don't know the show well enough. Yeah. Where if before this episode you had asked me to describe Terry McGinnis as a character. I don't really know if I could do it. Yeah. Because all I remember is uh, his Batman voice, which I've never really found super convincing. Yeah. Because it sounds like a kid trying yeah. to be trying to be have a growly Batman voice. Yeah. Um, but that's the point, too. Right, right. Yeah, but I agree with you. <laughs> I don't love it, but I guess it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it. I was actually interested watching this because I haven't watched the first couple episodes of this uh, 20 years maybe i don't even know if i've ever watched them since they came out the first time yeah and my most recent uh experience with terry mcginnis is in reading the scripts for the book you're doing and 
I was surprised at how angry you wrote him. Yeah. And going and watching these episodes, I was like, oh, that's kind of his thing. I didn't realize that. He's more of a hothead. He's uh, He's got yeah. a lot more uh, pent-up anger than, say, well, I mean, Bruce does, but Bruce doesn't really yeah. uh, project it in the same way. Right. And Terry is very much like a high school kid who's angry about shit, and he's come from a broken home. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I was, it's an interesting, I think it's a really cool choice to have not only is he training a new Batman, but he's training one who's a little bit of a loose cannon. Yeah, yeah, and it's sort of against his will, too. Like, he didn't choose this at all. Right. Um, Terry sort of broke in and stole the suit eventually and um, had this tragedy happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of my critiques was Terry didn't seem to really feel the death of his father that much. Yes, Yes, it's I would a kid's show. Yeah. It's only 22 minutes long. Like, I get it. Um, so when I did my version, I thought, well, I introduce him as he's beating the shit out of Mr. Fix Mm -hmm. and the cops are there to arrest him. And he's like, I don't want him arrested. I want him dead. And, uh, you know, so he's in the fit of rage, but I don't want to have another brooding Batman type. So I do want to get more back into like, he's still a kid. He's got a girlfriend. He, he fucks with his little brother and Mm -hmm. steals his cereal and, you know, all that (laughs) stuff too. Um, but yeah, you know, while I was watching this, I was like, oh man, I really did, uh, stick to the book a lot in a lot of ways even though i re trying to reinvent um the beyond universe you first meet powers in a limousine i do that too mm-hmm. uh he's making weapons with uh bruce wayne's company i did that too and i i don't know if i forgot that i planned all this or if i just tripped on the same ideas which happens a lot when i do books it seems but yeah i was i think when people read my stuff they'll be like oh this is actually it's a reimagining, but it's still pretty close. Yeah. More close. As I was watching this, I realized, oh, this is a lot closer to the original stuff as I, than I thought. Yeah, yeah. And we are uh, we are in the future of Gotham City, which is, uh, you can tell it's the future because there's giant pyramid buildings the size of <laughs> yeah. multiple football fields that nobody yeah. ever goes into. They do that in the credits. They show this tiny uh, cityscape, mm-hmm. which I think was supposed to be like old Gotham. And then they show new Gotham built beyond it. And... Uh, you see this giant pyramid, which is, of course, very Blade Runner. Yeah. But that's a trick that a lot of illustrators like Sid Mead used to do, was draw something big and basic in the background, like a giant, massive cubic building and a bunch of little things in front of it. It's like, you think the biggest thing is going to be closer to you, but if you flip it, it really punches up the sense of scale. Right, you know? right, yeah. So that's well done. My only uh, annoyance with it is I don't think that building... I forget what the kanji says, by the way, that uh, Japanese symbol. Mm. I looked it up when I was writing my book, and I can't remember what it says now. Um, they never use that building. They never describe what it is. It's never part of the story, the plot. And I, as I'm watching, I'm like, I've still got four issues left. Maybe I should find like a way for the final battle to take place in that building, and you can describe what the hell that, that building yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> do you? What, how do you feel about the intro, aside from the music? But it's like, it is... It is a very uh, stylistically yeah. late '90s kind of thing. It, yeah. it kind of reminds me of that that the PSA about not downloading stuff, where it's like you wouldn't <laughs> steal a car, would you? It's like dan 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 dan. But yeah, yeah, how do you, how do you feel about it? Just as general as an opening to a TV show or a Batman show. Uh, I, I like, um, you know, the, there's a shot of Bruce Wayne turning and looking at the camera. What they did is they took one of the like you know plastic models or clay models they've made and filmed it and put a grady a grain on it to yeah. make it like i thought that was cool and some of the shots i thought were neat but it didn't feel on model it didn't wasn't really the animation that's in the show mm-hmm. and um 
I, I don't know. If I was involved in making this, yes, you want to break this apart from the regular Batman series. You can't use the gothic orchestral <laughs> thing anymore. Right. So what do you do? And I'd love to be in the meeting when they talked about music. Like, hey, you know what's going to be big in the future? Uh, 1989, really bad guitar solos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be coming back. Timeless. <laughs> I mean, even in watching this when I was 19, I'm like, they. I know they think... That, they're, they want me to think that this is really edgy music, but this music's already like five years old. Yeah, it it very it very <laughs> much feels like mid '90s raver yeah. type music, industrial type yeah. music, which is definitely a new take for yeah. for a kid show. Full stop. Yeah. Um, I I've always felt like the intro never. It, it feels stylistically kind of different from the rest of the show right. because it's so wacky and out there yeah and the thing that always throws me off is that one shot of like the hand with the eyeball in it yeah yeah what is that i don't know it's just a i mean it's creepy and it's weird you love but... illuminati shit yeah you should be all over that stuff i mean is that what it is i mean if that's what it is did you see the shot with the flat earth in the background i mean well i mean based on the horizon line everything is flat <laughs> and accurately depicted i mean show me an air it's weird how airplanes disappear off radar and just appear on the other side of the disc Right. Well, yeah, that's not how it works. See how what happens? No, I won't get into it now. We'll wait till after the show. This is a deep cut flat earther theory, by the way. I don't. Do you think we have any listeners who are genuine flat earthers? Great question. There's like 300 to 500 people out there who keep coming back for these. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, this show is all over the globe. So at least one of them. Wait, wait. What's a globe? That's great. Great question. Uh, I think the opening scene was um, designed by Darwin cook i believe mm-hmm. i don't know where i heard that you know that might actually be incorrect but wouldn't surprise me i mean he's all over he i don't know exactly how much he does on those an- I, it's tough because I, his style is so similar to bruce yeah. tim's that yeah. i don't know where those two things yeah stop and where one stops and the other one begins yeah um but yeah it's it's a it's um I think that intro makes the show feel more dated than the show itself does. I agree. Yeah. What would you have done instead? Like, it's 1999. Mm-hmm. You and I are in the meeting, and they're like, fellas, what should we do? One pitch is, let's redo the animated series credits, but instead of, like, a bank, we we just tweak everything and make it more futuristic, but yeah. it's clearly an homage, and we keep the basic soundtrack, but we add a little bit of synth wave to it. I... See, it's it's interesting because, like, as far as music goes, 1999, the the stuff that we listen to now that's, like, synth stuff, that's yeah. throwback stuff, was so out of fashion Yeah, <clears throat> that doing that, I think, I, I think that would probably be the better way to go. It would have aged better because it's back in style. Yeah. And for people who don't know what synthwave is, think of, like, a John Carpenter movie that doesn't exist with, like, cheap 1980s glorious, like... Yeah, look up a band called Carpenter Brute, and uh, that'll tell you everything. Or John Carpenter movies that do exist, because a lot of it is influenced by... (laughs) I say that because a lot of these uh, soundtracks I love, and I'm like, man, this is awesome. I want to see this movie. Oh, it's just a concept album from Kavinsky. (laughs) Right. Yeah, a lot of the stuff from the movie Drive, I think, would be considered that. Perfect, yeah. Um, The opening credits of Stranger Things is kind of like Synthwave. Yes, very much so, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I, I think that probably would be the better way to go. But that wasn't an option in nineteen. No, it yeah. wasn't. And like you have to, I would have said no, no electric guitars. Stop, stop your solos. Yeah, but I don't know what I would have filled it. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, what weirdly, I would have used weirdly enough, though, like when I think about the theme, the thing I think of is the. 
yeah unfortunately and so if you take that out then you've just got like i know yeah you need to go yeah i don't know it's hard to to decide what should go in there instead i think visually i have a the music doesn't bother me quite as much as i think the visuals do yeah because i like what they're what they're doing i like the approach it just seems so uh detached from the show itself yeah like i don't really know if i 100 percent know what i'm getting I mean, I, I guess you kind of do, but like it just stylistically, it feels detached and it seems like they're trying a little too hard. Yeah. I think there's probably a little, a, a better middle ground that they could have yeah. uh, done something there. Yeah. It's funny when you did the doodle, 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 that, that isn't bad, honestly, as, as the music should go. It's when they get into the, like the, yeah, like that kind of shit. Really lean into that stuff. Some yeah. of the, I mean, I get uh, having a digital sounding cyber soundtrack makes sense, but yeah, not not this version of it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's an episode that's uh, coming up that it will do it better, and it'll give us a better idea of like what we would prefer. But I agree with you visually. That's it's more off putting. It, it doesn't really do a good job of summarizing what you're about to experience in the show but it does it does have like a bit of that you know you said the illuminati thing but there is a bit of sort of like fast cutting conspiratorial kind of you know words will pop up and it's like apathy yeah justice and that stuff is kind of cool yeah but i don't really it just i don't know if that stuff comes through in the show so much right so i mean maybe i'm thinking about it too much well there's a shot where there are kids in a club dancing and it's just yeah. on a cycle, and they just flash like now they're green, now they're blue, now they're red. And it looks like something from that movie Go. Right, um, right. That that's the only shot that looks like the actual animation of the cartoon. <laughs> yes, yeah. That and I think there's a couple shots of, of Batman flying or yep, whatever. But that's uh, true. What do you think of the Batman suit? Um, I think it's really weird to see Bruce in it. Yeah. At the beginning of the show, uh, because obviously at this point, I think of it as terry's suit yeah and in I, my memory of it <clears throat> i thought there was a, another suit like a like a intermediary suit oh, got it yeah but i mean that doesn't really make a lot of sense because obviously he quits being batman after right. the first scene yeah um i think it's a really interesting uh simplification of of batman as a concept because yeah. it they s- streamline it down to basically a black shadow mm-hmm. with the the symbol on the chest yeah um and they give him the mouth that works through the suit and yeah. stuff. It's yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't hate it. Um, I think, I think it's one that works better in the show than it does if you just kind of saw a picture of it or an action figure. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I don't. It doesn't look great as an action figure. Yeah, that's I. <clears throat> I thought the no- the mouth annoyed me, and as I said in another uh, episode, when I tried to redesign the suit and get rid of the mouth. It just didn't feel right. Yeah. The mouth, having the black shape with three white lines, two eyes and a mouth, that is iconic at this point. Yeah. You can't not have a mouth. So I'll try to draw him with his mouth shut for a lot of the fight scenes because I still don't love looking at it. But, (laughs) you know, if Terry's um, edge, as is hinted at in Return of the Joker, is he likes to talk, Mm. well, then, you know, the mouth makes sense. But as far as how it works, I have people writing me like, is it nanotech? Um, Is it like a... His mouth is like covered by transformer bits, but it's just open where his teeth are. Like people really seem to be obsessed with just that say stuff. yes, yeah, just say yeah. Just <laughs> like, how did you know? Buy issue yeah. two, dude. The only time I've ever run into that problem in a comic book, <clears throat> where I started really thinking about the physics of how something like that works, 
was during um, the Return of Superman arc when they had the four Superman who took over. Right, yeah. And they had Steel, yeah. whose Superman outfit right. is head-to-toe metal, mm-hmm. but his helmet yeah. is a fully functioning, moving face. And as far as I remember, it's not like liquid metal or some kind of special thing. It's right. just a steel helmet face thing. Right. Well, but he's still, you know, you can still see his teeth and he still emotes and everything. I thought it was like Colossus. But you're right. No, he doesn't have I don't skin think so. covered metal. Yeah, he was just yeah. a, I mean, unless unless I'm missing a beat where. He was rendered that way, but the character yeah. background was not the same as obviously. Yeah, I, unless I miss something and I'm misremembering it, I don't think that character is like a super scientist who develops a whatever yeah i think he's just like he builds a yeah. armored suit yeah and so i would read this i was reading the comic and i was just like i just can't i can't get over the fact that he's just wearing a metal helmet but yeah. he's it emotes like he's yeah. not wearing anything at all you know side note uh that movie steel with shaquille o'neal playing mm-hmm. him uh i've never seen that but that is a superhero movie that is a sure Superman is. movie sure is but th- the marketing on it was like to the average person, it doesn't look like a Superman movie at all. Nope. And they could have leaned in hard to, this is a new Superman, it's a black Superman. Like, you know, even the late 90s, they would have gotten some press. I mean, fucking Shaquille O'Neal, are you kidding me? Right, yeah. Uh, I liked the suit that they, they didn't go with like form-fitting metal. They went with like a helmet of some kind. Yeah, they right? just, I well, when they were doing that movie, yeah. the first thing I thought was, how are they going to do the helmet? Yeah. And the answer is, they just cut the mouth part out so right. it's a helmet and you can just see his mouth. Oh, I got to look this up. Yeah, yeah, keep talking. Yeah, and I it's that was that was before it, um, it was possible or or in vogue to have a, uh, a connecting superhero universe. Right. So it was like based on the Superman character, but it's not involved with Superman at all. Right. All right. So where have we got steel? Oh yeah. Oh, you know what? I take it back. That doesn't look as good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Sorry. I, <laughs> I didn't want to burst your bubble, but I, in my head, I was like, I don't remember that looking very good. <laughs> From the neck down, it, it looks okay. Um. Yeah, from the yeah you know, the flappy. Yeah, it's not good. All right. Well, anyway, thanks for ruining a movie I've never seen. <laughs> um, not a great movie. Either. I uh, I heard. Um, I was reading a sketchbook that Alex Ross put out a long time ago. I think it mm-hmm. was like a extra thing that came inside Wizard Magazine, and it was like a tour through his studio. I think I have that. It's actually. like a little pamphlet yeah. type thing, right? And I didn't know who Alex Ross was at the time. I think this was like. 98 or 99 whatever Mm -hmm. and he was in a trench coat with a fedora the whole time and like dressing up like he thought he was clark kent and even at age 18 i was like oh alex what are you doing buddy was he doing that to hang out or was he doing that to take reference photos oh he was just in the in dressed as low-key dick tracy for the whole shoot sure and then it was all about his action figures and his uh, he's living the nerd dream basically Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know what good for him uh but so part of the book kingdom come he has old bruce wayne and he uh, thought, well, Bruce is so beat up by this point, he's going to need like an exoskeleton to just move around. So he gave him an exoskeleton, but he used Darth Vader's uh, neck right. chin thing with yeah. like the dish under the chin, whatever, that scoop thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he thought that was awesome. And he sent it to um, Bruce Tim, thinking like, hey, I know you're doing this new future thing. Uh, check out this. How about this for a costume? And it set aside the fact that that would be impossible to animate. Mm-hmm. Bruce Tim wrote him, he's like, no offense, but I fucking hate this. <laughs> Something that harsh. And, uh, Yikes. <laughs> and I'm glad they didn't go that way. Uh, no offense to either of them, really. Well, it's funny you should say that, actually, because one of the episodes of this show that I definitely remember watching is there's an episode where I think it's, it might be the Ink episode, yeah, where Bruce 
goes out into the field and the suit that he's wearing is essentially the kingdom come suit it's the like a big bulky kind of looks almost more like an iron man suit to a certain extent okay yeah i remember that now. yeah and i I watched that one specifically because i had known that they were going to do that somehow and i I loved kingdom come Um, when then when uh, in the books uh i think in the show too i used to read the comics of this um and there's one where at least one where bruce has to suit up and go out Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have a costume so he puts on the great ghost costume really oh my god i was geeking out hard oh man yeah that brought me in like i don't love this show i was younger i didn't love it at the time the great ghost coming back hell yeah that's the kind of stuff you can do in the comics because it's like (laughs) nobody's really paying attention to you what you're doing over there it's like yeah what the hell go for it yeah i don't know if i i think you could do that in the show but i don't know if it would land yeah if if yeah, you know, I don't know if it's the same people watching the show at this point, yeah. so that callback might not work. But the comics, you can do whatever you want. I just realized. So I have a scene in issue three where Bruce is uh, putting together a new bat suit for himself, but he's not Batman, so he doesn't want to have like the, the, the symbolic Batman shit. Mm-hmm. He's more like trench coat and takes an armored vest and cuts off the ears, or whatever. I should have had him have a gray ghost suit and retrofit some of that. I should have had him use something out of that just as a geek moment for myself, but it, it's already used, drawn and colored. You could have used the goggles. Yeah. Yeah. That might have been, I don't know. That might... No, I don't think he needs them. Yeah. <laughs> I struggled because I didn't want to cover his face because I thought he looked so cool, just exposed. Yeah. And everyone knows who he is in my book anyway, so there's no point. But there's all these cameras all over Gotham, and the idea is he's going to go low tech to stay off the grid. So mm-hmm. he wears a suit that like hides his body heat and um it's not metal it's not magnetic it's not electrical so he's going to be a ghost by going low tech um and i had this sketch where he just had his face exposed with his beard and the spiky gray hair i'm like man that looks so good so i'm like well i'll give him a hood and then that kind of hides his face but when is he swinging around his face is exposed plenty so one of the criticisms i know i'm going to get is if bruce is trying to stay away from cameras why does he just put on a different mask which right. is a good fucking argument <laughs> <laughs> oh well what is a mask but a hood for your face, really? You know. <laughs> um, so, what do you think about this first scene where we see the last mission that Batman goes on, <clears throat> where he has, yeah, essentially has a heart attack mid-fight, yeah, and uh, is weakened to the point that he reaches for a gun. Mm-hmm. I think fantastic beat. I, I think, think so that's too. really, really great. Yeah. And if you're trying to, yeah, write a moment where, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, where Batman decides it's time to quit without involving someone physically destroying him yeah. or something like that. Perfect. Perfect way to do it. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I also liked that look. Uh, he's old, he's got gray hair, but he's not craggy and falling apart yet. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish like he looked like that for the whole series <laughs> he'd be too he'd be too strong looking though. i know you know i, I actually yeah. i like old man bruce because he's still i think the the bruce tim body type yeah. actually works really well to have him sort of have like an old person hunch yeah he's hunched over but still maintaining that sort of bruce tim v-shape yeah exactly and that i think that works really nicely yeah i yeah. think i think he would have been he would have been too look too right. fit if they kept him that way what do you think of the yellow eyes though Interesting choice. Um, I mean, they definitely make him look unwell <laughs> between yeah. the cane and the eyes. Yeah, he looks gross and weird, and I don't, I don't know what I would have done differently. I yeah. mean, I gave mine a beard and made him still fit. So, 
Like I was going to give my Bruce a, a, a kind of a saggy six pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tried to draw it, and I'm like, yeah, let's just make him ripped. Yeah, my favorite pretty- my favorite thing about your book is that everybody has aged into the point where they're visibly older, and Batman just as kind of has gray hair now. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's aged from the neck up. Yeah. But yeah. all he's been doing is burning calories, putting down prison riots. Yeah, so, sure, yeah. you get a six-pack doing yeah, that. You've great. seen he's- prisoners getting in shape. All they have time to do is push You should have given him, like, the... the uh, um, that skinny old man fit bod, like the kind where right. they only wear tank tops right. and you don't want to mess with them because even though they're old, they still look like they probably know where to hit you to really hurt sort you. Sort of like Picard in some ways. Maybe not. Only not so 15 depressingly years ago, old. Picard. Yeah. 15 <laughs> yes. years ago, Picard. <laughs> he looks so old in that show. Yep. His voice it's, too. Like, it, it is. I, I hate saying it, but it's kind of distracting. Pure fucking hubris, Clay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they haven't done that again yet, so it's a plus. <laughs> Well, Clay and I have a debate over whether the season two is better, and we'll have to hash it out later when we go get cigars. Well, there's a whole other podcast you can listen to if you want to hear me talk about that, which is the Penske File <laughs> podcast. It's actually on our Patreon, so uh, you're going to have right. to throw us a couple bucks to hear it. But And you know, I we're going to review uh, The Batman next, too. We can put that yes. on Patreon if you want. Sure. Yeah, we can do that. Just squeeze some money out of these freeloaders. Got to get it. Got to get it. <laughs> we love all of you. Thank you for listening. Can I say what I don't like about the Batman costume? Sure, yeah, please it's, do. The mouth thing bugs me, but I, I used it myself, so it's cool. I like the simplicity of it. I like the circular belt and the red, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like the long ears. There's a little too long mm-hmm. for me, but uh, you're a long ear guy, but I'm guessing you like the long ears if they're done a certain way with a cape. Um, generally, yes, but honestly, the ears don't bother me in this because... They've stripped so much of the other stuff away. Like, he doesn't have a cape. Right. And so I feel like having the long ears really says Batman. Yeah. Um, and if they were shorter, it might be, he might just look a little bit too much just like a yeah. a, a, a person in a black suit. Right. So I think I think the longer ears work. Um, I the, the Batman, the animated series Batman, had kind of shorter ears. And mm-hmm. I think that works there because all of the other stuff is still intact. Right. Like the silhouette still works because of the, sh- the cape <clears throat> and the colors of the suit and everything. Yeah. Um, but here, yeah, you've really, if you're looking at this guy in silhouette, if you yeah. take the ears off, it's just a, an outline of a guy. Does not, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah I, the, the one thing, some angles, though, he looks like a bunny. <laughs> like there's some angles where they're like, all right, maybe they're a little too long. Yeah, um, I'm also going to repeat my confusion uh, about how these extending wings work exactly. Mm-hmm. Do they attach to his wrists? Do they just float around? They work exactly the same way that he can manifest batarangs like out of his wrist. That doesn't, <laughs> I, I that doesn't bother me as much. Uh, okay, I know, <laughs> but that's clear. Like. At least you know where the batarangs come out of. I don't know where the wings come out of. I don't know where they attach. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they seem to be stiff enough where he can hang his arms down and still fly. Sometimes he has to have his arms out. Mm-hmm. It's very unclear. Some artists draw them like they're always out. So even when he's punching, there's this like red line. Oh, sure. I mean, like the Spider-Man webs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. Like I kind of experimented with all of those and even tried a um, squirrel suit type approach. Oh, interesting. Which didn't work, and that's actually one of my beefs with the Batman. <laughs> we'll get to. Oh it. yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yes. Okay. Um, I feel like if I had done this, I would have argued for don't make him fly, uh, make him be able to cl- crawl like Spider Man and stuff. Mm. He swings around. I don't know um, if I would have pushed for a cape or not, but 
I don't the rocket boots and the flying thing, and because the design of the wings seems so weird and inconsistent, I don't know if I would have pushed for that. Well, that's another thing that I I think <clears throat> works because of the suit de- redesign. Because I don't know if you've got that look with no underarm wings or anything, and he's just sort of grappling, hooking around. Yeah, you don't get the big flowy cape and stuff that kind so of need the cape then. makes that yeah. look more impressive. I think, or a sweet trench coat, or a sweet trench coat. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like it works with Spider-Man. Well, first of all, I think it would be too much like Spider-Man. I think he would be oh, essentially sh- occupy the same space. That's a good actual legal concern. Yeah, at that point. yeah, that's fair. Okay. No, see, it's different because. Spider-Man's a red costume with a black spider. This is a black costume with a red back. Boom. So very different. It's Suck just it. like Little ours department. goes dun 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 da dun dun. Dun 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 da dun. So it's different. What was Vanilla Ice's real name? Mark something? I I I don't remember. Yeah, whatever. Something Van Winkle, I think. Seriously? I think so. All right, you keep talking. I'm gonna look this up. Um Yeah, I think I think the suit. I think the suit works because I think the wings in the suit work because you need that sort of um, extra boost. Robert, Is it Rob Van Winkle, Robert Matthew, yeah. Matthew Van Winkle. Yep. Wow, you know I would have changed my name too if I had a Van Winkle last name. <laughs> That's pretty lame. Um, but yeah, I think I think it works because you know you're taking away the cape. You don't want to have him just look like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... Or, or Spidey 299. That's true. Specifically. Yeah. I mean, well, Spider-Man 299 kind of has a cape, doesn't he? He has, he a, has a tattered... That's one thing I've never understood. It's like, he's yeah. like you're saying, he's got a tattered web thing. Yeah. Never totally understood that. So it's a uh, Sir, uh, Cinco de Mayo costume. or No, Dia, Dia de la Muerte yeah. costume, because he's half Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um and he sort of puts that costume on, and that's just his costume forever. And there's like this tattered cape from under the armpits thing that just is always there. Yeah, just for some texture. <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's a costume that I love. <clears throat> I don't know if I'd ever want to draw it. Yeah, that there's two costumes that I don't know if I'd ever want to draw. That one and the original Archangel costume, where he's got all those like purple lines and stuff going over on his arms and oh, everything. The Jim Lee version. Uh no the very original one so for so like his angel the, he was like a guy with feathery wings and blue yeah, and white the right the first archangel costume is is like the Walt Simonson one okay which is he's got the blue face and yep. he's got like a black suit with it's either black or purple with like fuchsia colored lines okay like zigzag lines all over it right and it's he had it all through the nineties though so whatever the nineties one is it's the same costume yeah okay and it like every time I tried to draw that as a kid I was like I don't know how these lines are supposed to go yeah. That's a lot of shit to to keep straight yeah. as far as the design goes and yeah. like figure out how they move as the yeah. guy moves. I bet that if you do it enough, it just goes into your brain and you can, I'm sure. you can yeah. sort of just sort of uh, plas- it, plastered onto any anatomy. I think it looks great. Yeah. My preferred version of, yeah. of Archangel, but I don't know if I'd ever want to draw it. <laughs> yeah. You know, the hardest thing I've ever heard drawn costume wise is the Huntress. Oh, yeah. One of from the 90s that I, when I was doing commissions years ago. Someone made me do Huntress, and I was like, what the fuck? I spent so much time <laughs> figuring these shapes out that it just looked like I, a, a puzzle where I pieced together. I, I, it had no natural flow at all. 
you know. Yeah, is and it kind of is all over the place too. Where sometimes yeah. she's got that like midriff with yeah. the stripe going down the middle. Yeah, across somewhere, this like Wolverine ears kind of yeah. coming off the face. Yeah. So and those are already a pain in the ass to figure out how you're going to make yours work. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, that costume was a disaster. I think it was like the '90s costume. So Spider-Man 299 is is actually an interesting thing to bring up because there is a lot of similarity. There's even a, a on YouTube you can find out like who would win. It's called like Ultimate Death Battle, and they have Spidey 99 versus uh, uh, Batman Beyond. It's pretty interesting. So I'm a massive Spidey 299 fan, and um, I would love to do that book, but I. Marvel's never going to hire me, so I've decided, well, I'll just do Batman Beyond, (laughs) and this is sort of like my Spider-Man 299, and I pulled out some Rick Leonardi, and I'm looking at my old Spidey issues, trying to make him more spider-like, and uh, drawing Batman, he's very, you know, statuesque, whereas drawing Spider-Man or Terry, he's always moving, like, you hear different theories about how to draw Spider-Man, like, try to you draw the upper body and lower body and they're folded over but don't think about how his spine connects like there's a lot of weird theories out there about how to best handle him yeah i've i've never i've never drawn i haven't drawn spider-man enough um to to really get into that but anytime i have like anytime i'm sketching spider-man yeah that's my first thought is like how does this even work yeah you gotta i think it takes a few uh, maybe an issue or two before any artist starts to figure out like okay it's more twisty and bendy yeah that's yeah. why I like McFarlane Spider-Man because he was like, "What if the his knees, his feet, and his head were all they just switch places? <laughs> so those are higher than his head. Don't worry about how hips or stomachs or anything work, but yeah. it's just like his yeah. legs are nine miles long mm-hmm. and somehow go over his head like a contortionist." Yeah. Well, so uh, Larson was doing that too, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think it works pretty well. Like I love that stuff. Oh yeah, no, it's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Do you think there's any a little bit of uh, influence? Even the, spikes, even the spikes on the uh, forearms are the same. We're looking at it right now. Oh, Spider Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Yeah. I mean, this was in nineteen ninety two, so this is a decent yeah. amount of time before yeah. Batman Beyond, and it's and very similar. It is, and uh, I'd also point out that Spidey two ninety nine was heavily ripped off from uh, Ronin by Frank Miller. Was it really not the costume, but the world and some of the oh, some of the sure. stuff? Like when I read reread Ronin, I was like, "This is a lot like Spider Man two ninety nine. Oh, that's I'm gonna have. I've actually never read Ronin. I think it's the one big Miller book that I've never read. Yeah, but I do. I I remember when the movie came out. I was I part of me was like, is this based on is this based on the comic? Oh, with Robert uh, yeah, De Niro. It's very much not. I prefer, actually that's a top ten movie for me. I great movie. Talk about that movie forever. Yeah, great <laughs> movie. But it. <laughs> I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, yeah. I don't know, maybe this is based on a and comic book. There's nothing in there about Ronins or Japanese culture at all. It's no. a French car chase movie. Yeah. with American actors in it. The and, Ronin is a metaphor. Yeah, I yeah. know. We get to the guy, this like rich guy with a beard who loves to paint D and D figures, and he explains why the title of the movie is basically mm-hmm. Ronin. <laughs> Best way to do it, but that's got to be like top three car chase movies of all oh, yeah. time. Yeah. With very bland looking cars, which is even better. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that. I gotta watch that again. Yeah. If you, we do a uh, if you do a review of that, you and Wes give me a call. Absolutely, like be part of that. Um, but yeah, I um, I, I I like the Spidey two ninety nine costume a lot better. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's got the. I I remember even as I was reading the comic, the when it came out. Man, um, cover, man. And they explain where he gets the suit from. I was like, what? It's mm. just like a Mardi Gras costume. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like the spider, the thing on the chest isn't really a spider. It's, it's this like skull, skull thing, yeah. but it looks awesome. It's, yeah. It's got two face. <laughs> like it shouldn't, in a way, his face doesn't look like his face. The face on his costume, if you look at it quickly, looks like his face is on his chest. Yeah. Um, Thank you for joining us on the Spider-Man yeah. 2099 podcast. <laughs> Honestly, this is such a better design. Yeah, that cover, man. Uh, so Leonardi is going to be at the uh, Wicked Awesome Con. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And I remember meeting him once or twice, and uh, I'm excited. So I tried to do – I had a panel where Terry is you know, fighting, and I ripped off, homaged that uh, Spidey 299 cover. Uh, and I had – it's weird when you look at a new artist, an artist that's not doesn't draw like you, mm-hmm. and you try to um, put him in your work. How it sort of takes over, but also ruins what you had in mind. Like I really struggled because the way Leonardo Leonardo draws, like the bubbly thighs and the skinny legs and like the flappy feet, I can make those lines, but it won't look correct in my art. Right. So yeah. I had to reduce stuff to make him more angular because I realized I'm just more angular and he's more bubbly. My entire career as an artist, I've wanted an excuse to be able to draw feet like this yeah. because it's so stylized yeah. and require. I mean, obviously they know what they're doing, but it's like yeah. anytime I've tried to do it, it's like, it just doesn't, I can't yeah, do this. Like, look at that leg. How, how bendy. Yeah. Where's the bone exactly in that leg? Great question. Impossible, but yeah. it doesn't fucking matter. It looks great. Yep. Yeah, whenever I see Rick, I'm like, I probably say the same thing over and over. He's like, yeah, yeah, kid, you've been telling me this for 15 years now. <laughs> um, um, so what do you think What do you think of the, the Batman Beyond Gotham with the... Um, the pyramid. The pyramid and the specifically... the th- One of the other things that I remember very clearly from Batman Beyond is the newscasters. Oh, yeah. How they do that weird, like, are yeah. they supposed to be robots or like yeah. digital? They're glowy silhouettes. Yeah, it's a very um, interesting choice. Yeah, I think that sort of I I kind of like that. I think that actually aged okay for me. Um there's sort of a minority report scene in the beginning where they're in this like elevator going up the side of a building mm-hmm. and these uh jokers with a Z are uh, <laughs> interrupting and you know the news is there and you have like this futuristic glowy neon news reporter. You're right, maybe it could be a CGI honestly. Yeah. But yeah, that's another thing I should probably try to throw into the book. And now that I'm thinking, I already drew some newscasters and I, nope. I, I whiffed it because I didn't do that at all. Nope, too late now. I used the same uh, chick that I used in the other newscast in um, White Knight. Oh, nice. Yeah, the uh, the, the black lady that looks like uh, Gail from uh, CBS This Morning. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, I drew her and Charlie Rose and then Charlie Rose happened. And then I'm like, all right, well, I guess it's just her now. <laughs> Uh yeah, those those um reporters, those digital or whatever, is is another style that they kind of use a few times where like it that sort of very very heavily um shadowed, very graphic look mm-hmm. where there's like lots of really bright. Specifically, I'm thinking of the end with the radiation scene with right. uh, powers. Yeah, when the radiation lights are on, it's very similar. Yeah, yeah, it's very very blocky shadows, no like visible eyes and stuff. There's yeah. almost it's almost like they're getting rid of uh, you know boundary lines. Yeah. in favor of just white on black with color. Yeah, it's a cool look. I would say that's definitely a look that is unique to this show versus the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they have Terry go invisible too, they didn't do it in these two episodes. They just sort of darken where his shadows are, but mm-hmm. where the light sources are in his costume, you just see right through it, which right. is pretty cool. Yeah, you mentioned he goes invisible. He doesn't do that here, but I was thinking about that because I didn't even realize the Spider-Man connection, but I was watching this going, this is actually kind of similar to Miles Morales. Because does he oh, also right. have yeah, he electric powers? 
uh, Terry can like electrocute people, right? Uh, I don't. Uh, his batarang can. Yeah, or something. So he's yeah. got like stun capabilities. He can go right. invisible. Yeah, kind of similar to Miles Morales. So right. it's all it's all one big right. universe. Doesn't matter who yeah. rips off what. So I got uh, some people coming after me lately uh, online, and I, I just probably like ten people out of how many readers do I have? So it's not a thing, mm-hmm. but I think it's interesting. Um, it, the, the internet keeps trying to suck me into the, like culture war shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did this interview. It's called a roundtable interview. Uh, what happens is DC gets like three or four news outlets um, all at once. So I call in and they just go around the table asking me questions. And I just sort of talk for a bit and then they decide what their stories will be. Mm-hmm. And in this hour long thing, I mentioned once, oh yeah, I made Terry half Asian. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people mistakenly think T- Terry is half Asian in this show. Which is weird because his parents are both clearly white. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like because there's so much kanji, um, and whenever I once I described this, I said there's too much kaiju in Gotham, <laughs> which sounds like a really great story. Uh, and with the whole Blade Runner vibe, and because Terry's got like really straight jet black hair, mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of people mistakenly just assume that he was half Asian all this time. Yeah. Um, so for my version of Terry, I had a scene where I'm drawing his mom, and I'm like, well, I'm going to make her full Asian. So mm-hmm. his dad can be like redhead white dude and his mom whatever um and it wasn't even like for diverse points or trying to be woke which i consider myself to be woke um it was just like a thing to put in there and i I wasn't even going to have any character mention it it's just in the story um and uh when i said that in the interview that's what two of the four news outlets went with like terry is now half asian so you have people who are like, oh, Disney's going woke again, and SJW, and oh, Sean's only doing this, try to appease the people who turned against him and, you know, making up this whole narrative, whatever. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought about responding to it, and I, I had a few responses written that I was going to um, uh, post on Instagram, and I, I thought better of it. I'm like, don't give these people any, you know. I got enough uh, responses from Asian friends of mine who are like, this is great, thank you so much. Like, yeah. I see myself in this character now, this is awesome, so... So just to confirm, you, that's why you're doing it for the points, right? <laughs> for appeasing people. No, no I mean, I I mean see, if you don't know me, I could see why it looks me. that way. Especially because I, I it's I've such been fighting a... to make Robin black for a while. Like I get it. Like the moves I'm making, it looks like I'm just doing this for brownie points. But I'm, people who listen well, but to this know I, I'm not. Like it doesn't. That. I don't even think it looks like that. I think because I honestly thought the same thing about Terry because he. I yeah. think I did the same math in my head that you did. And so, like, I didn't even consider the fact that his last name was McGinnis. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, there was nothing. There was... <laughs> Not that that doesn't mean, you know, obviously you could have one parent who's Asian as, you, as yeah. the way you drew him. Yeah. But, like, I, I just assumed, based on kind of the way they made him look yeah. and the world that they built, that he was had some sort of a- Asian influence. Yeah. Who gives a shit? If you, like, yeah. if you decide to do that, it, who cares? Yeah. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, the... The, I didn't realize I can... something said that Terry McGinnis absolutely cannot be anything other than yeah. entirely Irish. It, I mean, to people that love to get online and, and dive into this garbage, it's their favorite thing to do is to have more things in the culture war to dunk on. Yeah. And this just gave them fuel. It doesn't matter what the truth is. It doesn't matter what I said. It's just like, that's all they want is to go online, score some points on me, and just move on to something else. You yeah. Know? It, is, it is weird, though, because like, not not to get into the whole thing, but like if the if those are the things that they're pulling out of your interview and that's the headline they're running with, yeah, it feels like it's feeding into that machine. It's yeah. I wish I hadn't said that at all, is what I meant to point out before. I wish yeah. I had just 
let it be. If you happen to notice his mom is Asian, awesome. But mm-hmm. it's not a point of the story. And I feel like it's racist to like focus on that. Like yeah. the idea of introducing different cultures is like to the point where it doesn't matter what race you are anymore. Like what right. race you are is as uninteresting as what hair color you are. That's kind of the goal. And I know it's not that simple. Right. Um, but yeah, I wish I hadn't said that at all because mm-hmm. I know that the news goes for clicky things and that's just like, here we go, woke headline and yeah. let's just, you know. So having the way it was blasted at um, readers, I can see why some of them were triggered that way. But, you know, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't even mention the fact that he was fucking Asian because it doesn't matter. Yeah, just, and I wouldn't have even mentioned Robin being black, honestly, because like I don't want to, that's not what my book is about, you know. Just wait till we start doing interviews for Red Hood. I'm stepping on all those minds, even if I have to make it up. You know, you say that, but you're actually much more careful about what you say than I am. And that's a shock to literally nobody listening to this right now. <clears throat> Time to make some waves. Got to get people to buy that book. <laughs> it's funny because I wrote to you. I'm like, man, you should be uh, talk to the editor more. Deal with the artists. You got this Red Hood book coming out. Uh, like, can you handle this? I don't have to because I'm really busy and I don't want you to hold back. Like, I don't want to step on Sean's feet. Like, no, they're your feet. You you do what you have to do. Um, but I thought, do I need to like talk to Clay about how to interview and all this press is something that he's not used to because he's being thrust into like a big deal Batman book with like you know Olivier Coipel covers and you know Simone DeMeo art so is he ready and I'm like I'm pretty sure Clay's less likely to put his foot in his mouth than I am so I'm not worried about him (laughs) if anything I should tell you to be more more aggressive oh listen I can cut a wrestling promo when I have to (laughs) whatever I have to say to get people to buy that book um yeah but yeah uh we talked a bit about uh the new powers in the suit um, what about Powers as a character, the actual person Powers, Derek Powers? Yeah, we don't, I mean, you get a sense of who he is, but yeah. there's not a whole lot of depth there so far. What about you? Yeah, I I, um, I completely forgot about that he turns into a radiation monster. Yeah. Uh, not to mention the fact that, so Terry is obviously a little bit, um, he's new at this. He's a little bit uh, uh, rough around the edges, a little, yep. uh, a little bit of a hothead. Um, he smashes one of those gas canisters. I've seen The Rock. I know how much <laughs> VX gas it would take to kill like a thousand people in San Francisco. Yeah. He could have just potentially exposed yeah. a lot of people to yeah. that gas. By rock math, that's at least By the like rock math, thousand, yes. 100,000 people dead. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he threw it. Uh, how did it explode? Did uh, Power shoot it? Is Terry responsible for it breaking, or did something Powers no, do I think break he f- it? I think he, th- I think Powers is responsible for it, but it's like facilitated by Terry somehow. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, I think that would follow the rules, because I don't want Terry just smashing <clears throat> VX gas onto people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he crashes that plane with Mr. Fix in it. <laughs> That's true. And uh, at no point does Bruce go like, hey, what, we got one thing we got to talk about here as <laughs> yeah, far as it's kind of where rule. the line is. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, powers is powers is interesting. I think they kind of lay the groundwork pretty well for him. Yeah, as obviously he's res- everybody knows he's responsible for the dad's death, but the show hasn't explicitly said that. Yeah, um, he's got ties to Bruce Wayne because he now runs the the merge companies, which is interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to me how they have to sort of just make him different than Lex Luthor. Because the voices are kind of the same sometimes, the attitudes. Yeah. Like even when yeah. I draw him, I keep thinking, "Oh, this isn't Lex Luthor." He's I, got that same kind of like 
Lex Luthery look where his like eyes are half closed. Yeah. But he's kind of like smiling. Droopy so it, eyes. It yeah. Comes off as creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! Now that you said that, I realize I've been drawing animated Lex Luthor face because he has full lips, and uh, Derek yeah. Powers does not. But he does have a hook nose. I basically drew a, a Powers Luthor mix in my book. That works. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him the same suit with like the four buttons and the the weird. Uh... It's funny whenever you show uh, three piece suits at the future, you always have to decide how yours are going to be different. Oh sure, yeah. Giant pants, zoot suits yeah. from the twenties. He squared off shoulders, or in, Mar- in Back to the Future Two, he literally wore two ties. Yes, the two ties. I'm 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 upset that 2015 didn't have the two tie. <laughs> I, I don't even uh, remember style. how that worked physically, because you don't have two necks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the voice, the voice of um, Derek Powers is Sherman Howard, who I didn't. I the voice sounded familiar, but I wouldn't have been able to guess who it was. Uh, you recognized him from Star Trek? Yeah, Next Gen. There was an episode called Almost Human. Uh, there was a kid that Picard, they found, and Picard was trying to teach this kid how to be human again, and there mm-hmm. was this alien that thought he had claim, and that that's, this actor played the other guy. Oh, sure. But I'm sure he's been in more notable things. Yeah, I recognized him as uh, uh, Bub the Zombie from Day of the Dead, who's sort of the central uh, zombie who begins to like learn a bit. Okay. Uh, really great performance um, from him, but I mean, yeah. with all the makeup on, I wouldn't have pick that out and he yeah. doesn't talk really so i wouldn't have yeah that's good this guy's voice is very uh remark uh, noticeable so yeah obviously yeah. a really good voice actor yeah he, you know i don't know what it is about these shows versus and i know we've probably talked about this versus the the animated movies mm-hmm. the voice performances on the movies now always feel kind of flat yeah and in these shows yeah. they're so on point they're mar- it's marketing man i remember prince of egypt I think it was Brad Pitt did a voice. Yeah. And they were big uh, on promoting. Was it? Val, I know Val Kilmer did. Val Kilmer it? did one too. Oh, they both did. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, okay, I, I don't you know could be Brad right. Pitt. I don't. It doesn't matter. Brad Pitt did do a, <laughs> a, a, a voice and it fell flat because, and ever since then, every time I see Brad Pitt talk, I think his voice is kind of weird the way he mm. says words. He's visually stunning and acting wise amazing. Like, I love everything else about him, but mm-hmm. his voice is maybe like an eight when the rest of him is at tens. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, having a good voice actor, his voice has to be at a 10, but with the way marketing works is they want to have some splashy names to throw around. So they just hire people you recognize. And same thing. Like I like Val Kilmer, but I don't think about his voice at all. You know? Right. I've, he's one who I could, I could definitely recognize it. Right. But I don't know if I would consider him like a, outside of I'm your Huckleberry. <clears throat> I, yeah, his voice is not the most remarkable thing about him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they would just go. It's the same thing when they cast uh, musicals. My wife complains about this all the time. Mm-hmm. They make a musical and they cast names. Uh, and why don't you just cast people that can actually sing really well? Like it's a Robin Williams effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We were watching, uh, very recently we watched Moana and Encanto. Mm-hmm. For I had never seen either one of them. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I was really interested to see how much Robin Williams hangover there still is. Because he, obviously he was so revolutionary in the performance of as the genie in Aladdin. Right. I feel like every one of these movies afterwards always had that genie character. So you yeah. get like Eddie Murphy playing the dragon in Mulan. So that worked because Eddie Murphy's voice is a 10 already. Right. And he's also, and both he's, of those guys are master improvisers yeah, and stuff. Exactly. And as it goes, like you, you watch the movies now and there's still always a character who has like some of that DNA still in it. Mm-hmm. And it's usually always played by a huge star. Yeah. Uh, like The Rock 
in Moana is yeah. like arguably the second lead, but it's still yeah. kind of that same sort of character where yeah. he he's more aware of the fourth wall than everybody else is, that uh-huh. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um it's it's interesting how yeah. how much uh they still lean on that that kind of model. Yeah. It's funny, I think the rock's voice is like at a nine. He could even if he wasn't as giant and remarkable as a specimen of a mm-hmm. human being, he could probably still be pretty decent at voice acting. Yeah. But it helps that he's also the rock. You yes. know? Yeah. Um, who else was there that I was listening to? And I'm like, this guy's voice sucks. Mm, I'll think of it in a bit. But, I mean, in, in Encanto, the, the lead for Encanto is is uh, one of the girls from uh, Brook, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, who I'm not really I'm not really that familiar with the show. Oh, yeah. Which, which girl? Uh, Stephanie Beatrice. Uh, which she's, she's, she's a, kind of like a hard ass on the show. Oh yeah, she's the Latino one. Yes, she's got a great flat voice, actually. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know her voice, yeah. but I think her performance in that movie is fantastic. Yeah, and she, she just gets it. She knows how to do it. Very like alpha female voice, but she make a great uh, in the Mont- movie. Montoya. In the movie, she's very much not that. She's a lot more like bubbly and bright. Oh yeah, they actually apparently were going to cast. They wanted to cast her as a different character who I was can, tougher. Yeah, the tougher, the strong sister. Or yeah, and yeah. then they met her, and they were like, "Oh, you're actually not like that at all." <laughs> yeah, like, "Oh, you're an actress." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But I thought she was great. I mean, she's got a great voice. Um, but yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, I think the casting we've we've only really the the only really standout voices are um, Powers and McGinnis. Obviously, Kevin Conroy is fantastic. George yeah. Takai never would have guessed that. Yeah, as a tough black assassin, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that the rest of the voices kind of stand up to muster. So uh, the voice of uh, his girlfriend is a f- known voice actress. She also does the voice in Futurama. Oh, really? Uh, Amy Wong. Okay. I want to say she's Asian, but I don't know. I think I skimmed the IMDb. Well, I believe I've been has, mislabeling yeah. Asians a lot lately, <laughs> in case you haven't seen Twitter. <laughs> well, in your comic, just write the voice of the girlfriend Got it. as portrayed by an Asian person. Nice. I'll say. do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you think about this as a pilot for overall as like a first episode? Uh, I like the uh, explanation of why Bruce, Bruce quit. I like that Terry has agency um, and he showed the tragedy of his dad dying and his motivation to f- fix it. And you set up the bad guy like it checks all the boxes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I don't love it, though. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think it's pretty good. We, you know, we we're watching the version that's on H- HBO Max, which has it split into two episodes. And I remarked that it's a weird place to cut because it basically ends the first episode, quote unquote, ends right. with Terry basically just go- going to Wayne Manor. And it's like it's not really that interesting of a point to yeah. end it, but I understand that's why they end it. And then even the ending, the full ending. Like it, I don't know. I, it kind of doesn't make me as excited as I feel it should to mm-hmm. just have it be Bruce showing up and being like, "I would like you to get me coffee on a regular basis." Oh yeah, you know the ending part. I felt that that scene was kind of weak, where Bruce came over to Terry's house and pretended <clears throat> to want to hire him to be a, a go a get get this get that whatever. Yeah, I would I would like, <clears throat> and maybe uh. I think they probably get into this stuff as it goes, but I would have liked a scene where Terry comes back to Wayne Manor, mm-hmm. and then 
and Bruce basically says something like, you know, I can take that suit back and we could never see each other ever again. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing where there's some sort of real sort of um, acknowledgement of what they're both getting into and how Bruce kind of still it's like this was a one off thing. But, you know, why 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 are we working together? What is it that we should be yeah. continuing down this road? for yeah. instead of but i mean maybe maybe you don't need that because you saw them do what they did yeah bruce obviously sees that <clears throat> they have a common enemy and and terry doesn't have a dad yeah i don't really know if you need to yeah you could have had spell it out bruce's approach so he, when terry steals a suit bruce wants it back but once the day is won, does bruce just offer him a job and make it easy or mm-hmm. does he like accidentally leave the suit in terry's backpack Right. It doesn't actually spell it out for him. Could he be more of a vague sensei? But the way he does it by going into Terry's house with his family is a another not bad move because Bruce doesn't have a family. Maybe he kind of likes that Terry does have a family and he's mm-hmm. around a family. Like, probably makes him feel it's a warmth when Terry goes home, whereas when Bruce goes home, there isn't. So I think it's an interesting choice. Or the cynical reading is Bruce knows that if Terry's going to be lying to his mother all the time, he needs to make it look good. Oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Which, another Spider-Man parallel, that reminded me a lot of the scene with Spider-Man from Civil War, where Tony Stark goes to yeah. Peter Parker's place to recruit Spider-Man. Right, yeah. It's funny, because uh, eventually, um, in Justice League Unlimited, they sort of retcon and say that Bruce cloned Terry. Yeah, I know that. I that, learned that, that divides much, fans big time. I, I learned that much later that it turns out that Terry yeah. is actually yeah. biologically his yeah. son or a clone or something. I, I learned this when I was working with Scott on um, a Batman. Spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Batman issue 17 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Scott took that idea and ran with it. So Bruce always had a system, a computer system set up in the Batcave where whenever he dies there would be another clone released so that Gotham would always have Batman. Yeah. And as Gotham turns into like Future City and then destroyed Mag- Max, Mad Max City, and whatever, like there's mm-hmm. always different eras of Batman, which is a cool idea. But for me, it's like, it's too sci-fi for Batman personally. Yeah. Like that's too uh, like HG Wells sci-fi for me. Like yeah. a little soft sci-fi like Blade Runner, I'm down with that. But like, anyway, so when I made him Asian, it's also a way of saying this Terry will never be a clone <laughs> of Bruce <laughs> who's not Asian. Well, you know, I don't know how that works. You still need you still need two parts to make that 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 uh, that person there. Well, technically, my Bruce is point zero one percent Arabic because <laughs> his ancestor is from Lebanon. Okay, all right. So yeah. I mean, well, that'll be the what I lead with when we put this out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I made him Arabic to get uh, social justice points. By the way. Oh, excellent. Well yeah. done. Well done. <laughs> um. I like that they have the future, the highly futuristic technology of tiny discs. Which <laughs> I know, man. When are we going to get there, huh? We we were there. Nobody cared. We we had mini discs. Yeah. Nobody gave a shit about mini discs. As Tommy Lee Jones said in Men in Black, he's holding it up. He's like, "Yep, I'm going to have to buy the white album again." Yep, exactly. Yeah, he was very right. <laughs> um, I I just find it so fascinating that the you know we're in the middle of cds in the 90s cds mm-hmm. are the biggest thing mini cds boom yeah like why <laughs> why would you jump <laughs> They're you, too bulky yeah why would you jump to di- straight up digital yeah when you could go to mini cds but so the internet was a thing but it was like prodigy it was real early yeah and i don't think it occurred to the writers that prodigy, information the, can the, just the band prodigy or the because <laughs> no. that fits with the tone of the show it this, does yeah. actually i think prodigy might have done no I'm going to have to dig up that soundtrack now because I think bands like the, like Prodigy Light 
Or a lot of those. All right, bands. I'll have to try and find. You know what? Account. You keep talking. I'm looking at it right now. I think this is going to be <laughs> worth it. Also, I have two more contenders for best rock lyrics. Oh, okay. But we All can right. end on that. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I always find it funny that they they go straight from CDs instead of jumping to digital. They go to tinier CDs. Like I think there was a, um, there was some sort of uh, not understanding or not really thinking broadly enough about how digital storage would be a thing right and so it everyone always represents it as requiring some sort of device where instead of thinking of the idea like oh wait a digital file is going to be like its own kind of thing that requires a like nobody thought about thumb drives right because how does a thumb drive work i don't even know how a thumb drive work you just plug it in and <laughs> but like cd's are a technology that people understand to a certain point certain extent mm-hmm. uh escape from escape from la has a has a is a great um yeah. sci-fi cd subplot <laughs> actually yeah the music on that movie was better than the movie itself yeah same with uh last action hero oh don't don't talk bad about last action hero i'm defending the first half of that movie okay um, Where the hell is this been? Okay, track listings, Chris Carter. <laughs> Shit, now this is all. Hey, Shirley Walker did some of this. How did she do techno? That does, Shirley, you were old school. Hey, she's she's very talented. Babe, what do you know? I thought she died before this happened. The uh, How do you feel about the, the sports car design? Oh, the dragster with the giant meta, uh, wheels? Not a fan. You should you should draw that into your book. Uh, okay, I can't find the... Uh, I'll I'll do this for the next episode. There's a lot of 90s bands I think that just came and went that were on that. Yeah. Um Okay, so yeah, the car I like the motorcycles by the way. Um Yeah, those are kind of cool. The one that Terry steals looks a lot like the one I gave Jason Todd on the cover I showed you recently. Right, right. Kind of futuristic bike, slightly extended front end, red. Mm-hmm. Um It actually the designs of the bikes in this Reminded me of of some of you, the way uh, it reminded me of the, the Tokyo Ghost bike a bit because oh, it yeah. had that big, like beefy middle section yeah. and then the really long kind of uh, extended nose. Yeah, not yeah. angular. Uh, po- what the hell are they called? Yeah, the trees. The, yeah, the, yeah. Instead of angular, it's yeah. more straight out. It reminded yeah. me a lot of the Tokyo Ghost bike. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I, I love that kind of bike design, even though it doesn't te- technically make sense because like turning. Makes, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I know. Nobody cares. <laughs> Just as long um, as it looks cool. Yeah. Uh, what would you What would you draw? Uh, oh, I didn't think about this. Do I you, mean, this is the answer? future, though. Maybe we should change it to like, what would you holographically represent via three <laughs> no. D projection? <laughs> this is a comic art podcast. Okay. We have to just stick with our gimmick. What would you draw? Um, I think it's tough because like, uh, there's so much stuff to really digest in this. I. I don't love the stormtrooper guards. Hmm. They they look a lot like Shriek, who co- who shows up in a few episodes. Yeah, whose um, costume I do like. Yeah, his costume is cool. Yeah, but I was thinking about some of those background characters, and I was like, you know, I think I'd really like to draw the Joker gang. Yeah, because I like what they're doing here, but I think there's a lot of a yeah. lot of stuff you can play with in there to make those guys look really cool. Right. Yeah. I I think I might stick with um the motorcycles escape scene because yeah. It's not just they're on these roads. They're skidding down the side of a... I mean, Terry's obviously a stunt motorcycle driver. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, showing a lot of Batman capability, even though he's only 17 or whatever. Um, yeah, I can't really think of a better answer. I tell you, I'm not looking forward to drawing Powers when he 
turns into a, a green skeleton. Mm-hmm. He calls himself Blight. Okay. Um, and I may or may not have him be that in my book. Mm-hmm. But if I do have him do that, I'm not looking forward to it because <laughs> uh, I'm not, I don't feel like I don't, I don't know what I would do with Green Ghost Rider. Okay. You know, and in sure. a way it could be really easy because, you know, you just draw like a, a chalky black sooty skull and then I can just use my fingerprints and shit to make it whatever. But yeah. I'll figure it out. But I don't, I'm not looking forward to wrapping my head around that. He's probably going to have, he's going to require a lot of uh, <clears throat> black backgrounds around him. Yeah. So you can define yeah. the, the green arms and stuff. It helps frame, honestly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I hate to admit it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They call that a hot spot when you uh, oh, carve yeah. it out. It's like in photography, the hot spot's like the very bright white area. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. I think. Where the contrast is the highest. And I think stuff. so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what would you rate this? We usually, go we usually do that, right? I have we haven't done yeah. this in a while. Okay, I'm gonna go three out of five. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Cool. Uh, oh, we didn't even talk about Ace. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great addition. Yeah. Um, Ace the Bad Hound, I believe, is a character from the '50s that they that they repurposed here. You're right. Because I asked you, like, I don't think uh, they ever told explained why they named him Ace. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my book, I actually come up with what I think is a clever reason. Uh, I can't really talk about it because it'll spoil something. Um, but yeah, like you've pointed out, he's been ace since the 60s. Yeah. And I said, well, why did they name him ace then? And we still don't really know. He's great at poker. <laughs> That's pretty close to actually where I go. Oh, really? Book, Is yeah. he one of the original dogs from the painting of the dogs playing poker? Is that why? <laughs> painted that anyway i don't know and somehow that painting is a key plot <laughs> element to beyond the white knight <clears throat> cool these man. are the, these are the kind of insights i bring to the project right. that's good man so uh sorry to interrupt you but i have more important things to talk to you about right now right <laughs> okay so two contenders for best rock lyrics yeah one is stevie nicks um interesting thunder only happens when it's raining and players only love you when they're playing i think that is I think for women who love music like rock, I think that's pretty epic for a lady. Okay. And of course you can like it if you're a man, but Stevie Nicks is singing it and you know how men, you know, catfish around and women are annoyed by it. Sure. I think for a woman, that's a pretty epic song. And then the other one was a, uh, uh, fuck, I should have written it down. Did you have any other contenders that you came up with? Um, keep on rocking me, baby. But Steve, no, I don't. That's about as middle of the road as you can get. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <clears throat> I don't know because it's t- it's a tough it's a tough thing to 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 parse out because I mean, you, you put those parameters on it that it has to be something like uh, something chantable or memorable and right because i mean if you once you move into like heavy metal it's all over the place you've yeah, got like yeah. you know holy diver right uh yeah uh generals gather in their masses just like right. witches at black masses yeah um a little wordy but good <clears throat> yeah oh the other one i thought of was we, we're, uh, we're not gonna take it yeah that's I a pretty good one too. but that's such a that lyric isn't clever it's just the energy that the, the the Twisted Sister had. It's the it's only like, song that I've ever heard finish a rhyme with the word condescending, which I, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, right. I never thought that's a... All right, so what about... Um, uh, oh, fuck, I had it. 
uh, once upon a time I was falling in love, but oh, totally clips of the heart. Total clips of the heart. Okay. So those sure. aren't. I know. I, I I was gonna say most of them are Jim Steinman lyrics. If you're really gonna get yeah. down to it, <laughs> what you're defining are just Jim Steinman <laughs> yeah. lyrics. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know that uh, Bonnie Tyler is not the '80s glory rock band thing that we're talking about, like arena rock. Mm-hmm. But I felt like those. T- I was. I don't know why. I picked up those two that same day, and I thought they were contenders. But for a certain type of listener. Yeah. Uh, still, though, the wheel in the sky keeps on turning. <laughs> wheel in the sky. Oh, did I send you that? Somebody, have you seen that new digital thing where you just like type in words and it it draws from the internet and makes like a an abstract painting? No. It's really kind of fun. Someone on the Discord did one for Wheel in the Sky. Uh-huh. It was pretty awesome. Based on that, you might be right. Because it was this abstract, like, kind of cityscape thing with this giant wave, like, circular wave of color rolling oh. through the sky. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So maybe maybe we base it on that. I don't epic. Know. Yeah, epic. I have a friend who works for Spotify, and I guess they just rolled out the ability to search songs through lyrics. Oh, cool. Or That's very helpful. They're going to roll it out or they did roll it out. I don't know. Yeah, that, that would be very helpful because there's, as anyone who grew up in the early days of digital music know, yeah. most people only know the names of songs by the lyrics of the songs. Yeah, by the refrain, by the chorus, Yeah, whatever. that's why everybody has Hey Lady by Led Zeppelin on their computer instead of Over the Hills and Far Away because nobody knows the name of that song. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, you could do a whole podcast on mislabeled rock songs. So uh, the song uh, Last Dance with Mary Jane by Tom Petty mm-hmm. was going to be called Indiana Girl. Wow. <laughs> and then at the last minute, he scratched it out and wrote Last Dance with Mary Jane, which is the chorus, which is much better. Yeah. It's like one lyric in there that's like an Indiana girl from an Indiana town or something. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And like, oh, come on, Tom. Yeah. You didn't, well, I guess you fixed it at the last minute, so that's good. I, I would say, <laughs> this is this is not playing by the rules. <laughs> I would say that the most epic rock lyric is not a rock lyric at all. It's the drum fill from In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Mm. It doesn't get much better than that, honestly. Like, yeah. Who, who, I, have a, I have a copy of the Miami Vice soundtrack on vinyl uh-huh. that has that song on it. Yeah. It can't play that song because it skips over that bit, like exactly that's, where the drum fill comes in. That's the point of that song. <laughs> I think whoever owned it before, I was a used copy, whoever owned it before played that specific part yeah. over and over and over and over again and yeah. fucked up the record. Yeah. So now I have to like, when I know it's coming, I have to nudge the player so yeah. it jumps in the right way. Uh, but I mean. Yeah. It's funny. So that song to me is sort of timeless. And there's a couple of songs, like a lot of songs like that, where it's it doesn't sound like it's the 80s. It just sounds like, it's its own thing. Yeah. And that song also, there's not as much to it as people think. And I kind of want one of the longer version that was a little bit more complex. Mm-hmm. Because once you have the slow buildup and the swell and the silence and all that, like the silence is the biggest part of that song is how quiet it is. Right. And you could argue it kind of falls apart towards the end, but it's so short, it doesn't matter. You could argue, you know? but you'd be wrong. Like yeah. everyone loves the first half of that song, <laughs> but like <laughs> you could argue you'd be wrong. Uh, yeah. And there was another song I had like that recently where it sort of, def- it, was timeless in a way oh um sweet dreams are made of these oh sure it's kind of timeless even though mm-hmm. synthesizers like that were big in the 80s anyway we're no one's tuning in to listen to this so <laughs> we can move on to the batman anyway uh thank you guys for listening uh if you'd like to support the show head over to our uh, patreon page at patreon.com slash the penske file where you can hear uh sean and i talk about the batman there's also going to be there's also an episode up there that should be up at this point about uh where sean and i talk about the uh, Batman White Knight Red Hood that we're both been working on that's going to be coming out later this year. I don't know if I'm 
technically allowed to say that, but you are. whatever. I'm in charge. You are. Okay. <laughs> uh, a lot of, lot of information about that. <clears throat> Plus, we've got all of our uh, regular Patreon stuff that I do with Wes for the main Penske File podcast and the horror movie show that I do with Amanda. This year, every month, we're doing one of the second stringer Stephen King adaptations. Mm. So uh, we've cool. got a main list we work on. Nice. And these are ones that are not on that main list. Are you going to do Pet Cemetery 2? I don't think we're going to be doing Pet Cemetery 2. I think we're doing the first one. All right. Uh, January, we did It Chapter 2. February was Silver Bullet. March is Salem's Lot, the original Salem's Lot. Mm. And uh, I'm not sure. Cool. I know one of them is going to be Christine, the, the John Carpenter movie, which I'm excited about because I've never seen it. So I oh, shit. I didn't know. That's one of the few of Carpenter movies I haven't seen. I want to see that too now. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm not a horror guy, but Carpenter, for some reason, just checks a lot of boxes for me yeah he kind of occupies like a middle ground where it's like he does horror stuff but i wouldn't yeah necessarily call his movies horror right. some of them yes obviously yeah. but like yeah what do you call they live it's kind of <laughs> horror but it's more sci-fi i think it's yeah, probably it's, more it's of a sci-fi more movie of a throwback 50 sci-fi yeah in a way, yeah yeah which i just saw that movie for the first time recently that's great uh, yeah that fight in the alley with his buddy so good <laughs> takes up a lot of time yeah i don't know how they <laughs> let him do that get along what yeah. the hell's going on and then he just disappears at the end that's the that is the uh, that's like when you're when you realize nobody is watching what you're doing when you just show up and you're like yeah five minute it's fight so scene. strong at the beginning like man this is such a great concept like i'd love to draw this but wait why is this fight taking so long this is so I, weird i feel like it was like we got a wrestler Let's just do some of that stuff. Fine. There's other ways a, to do it, yeah. though. Let's have him fight his friend. They do the fight scene in that movie is longer than some wrestling match, <laughs> actual wrestling matches. Um, um, I look forward to joining you, Wes, on a Voyager podcast from time to time. Oh, that's I right. I really yeah. want to get in on that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that was it for me. Yeah, we we're doing uh, Wes and I are doing Voyager on the main show, and then on Patreon we're doing Picard yep. uh, weekly when that comes out. Uh, we didn't know if we wanted to watch it, and if we're getting paid to watch it, it's a little bit easier to do. I was watching the Red Letter Media, Red Bubble guys. Or, oh yeah, the Red Letter Media. Yeah, guys, and yeah. they were had the same discussion. One guy was like, "Let's watch it," and he's like, "I don't want to watch this. I haven't watched Discovery." <laughs> uh, Paramount blocked them on Twitter because they didn't put out favorable reviews to Picard. Oh, yeah, or he something. Put, <laughs> the the tweet that guy sent out was. I don't. I don't want to say it was blockable because that's a personal thing, but it's like he, it was a pretty intense tweet. It was really funny though. <laughs> anyway, they didn't want to do Picard either, and now they kind of are because I guess they just have to. Yeah. Well, we actually got a pretty good bump on Patreon once we started doing that, so people yeah. people want to hear it. It's so. good because I was going to fund you completely to do Voyager just so I could torture the two of you, and yeah. now I don't have to. Well, you got to watch. You got to watch <laughs> it because if we dip below nine hundred dollars, right. We're not doing the full Voyager. We're only I got to put selected. my Patreon because I switched my credit cards and I think I dropped you accidentally. But I'll ah, accidentally, you back sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you hear, like you hear a lot of that when the month rolls over on Patreon. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back next time with Airplane Bla- Boner, <laughs> with Blackout and Golem. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Let me